look at the a life insurance policy as like the hub of all your wealth building, right? So this is the place where you go to build wealth. It can be based on the rate of return and the tax benefits might be better than putting money in a 401k or something like that, right? Again, I know the message is very simple, but you're just plugging this into what you're already doing anyways. So for example, and I know we took a look at some of these numbers, but we have an example on our website. Okay, let's say you're putting in $500,000 is the amount that you're gonna want to invest. So you can save that money in a savings account before you invest in syndications or multifamily or whatever you're doing versus the investment optimizer. What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, the show that will help you escape the Wall Street casino and build wealth on Main Street by investing in real estate. Today, our guest is Blake Brogan from Money Insights. And today, we're getting a refreshing take and and really airing out some of my concerns, if you will, about a particular strategy that you may have heard about, you may have not heard about. And and we're going to get into it. We're going to describe it. Blake's going to tell us about it. But you know, I really appreciated the conversation with Blake today. I think, you know, he has a lot, a, a refreshing take on this particular strategy that we're discussing. And we're going to talk about it in the context of the interview. I don't want to say too much here, but Blake and I were on Zoom on, on talking with one another for almost two hours. You're only hearing a part of our conversation, but I think he has a, a good take on this strategy, and, and that's what I'm going to leave it at for now. We're going to get into it more in the interview, but combining alternative investments with whole life insurance policies and really thinking about it in, in a better way than you've probably heard before. And we're going to get into it in the interview. Like I said, I'm not going to say too much more here. I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I'm a real estate investor, and I help busy people passively invest in commercial real estate, specifically in apartment building and self-storage syndications. If you're interested in learning more and potentially investing with us on a future deal, just go to investwithtaylor.com, fill out the form, and schedule a call with me. I look forward to speaking with you then. If you're an Apple Podcast user and you enjoy the show, please take a moment and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars if you don't mind, guys. I appreciate that so, so much. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys, that gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. No matter what podcast app you use, if you haven't done so yet, Do look us up and hit the subscribe button. That way you'll get every new episode every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. If you do know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. Once again, our guest today is Blake Brogan from moneyinsights.net. Without any further ado, here we go. Blake, thank you for joining us today. Excited to be here, Taylor. It's been uh, fun talking with you before the show. Oh, man. We have, for our listeners, we've been on the line for literally an hour, a little over an hour, having a, a very detailed discussion about what we're going to talk about today on this show. But before we dig into that, Blake, could you tell us a bit about yourself and what you do and uh, your business? Yeah. So Money Insights is a uh, strategic wealth building firm. We work with a lot of uh, high income earners as well as alternative investors. Our, our tagline is uh, taking people from high income to high net worth. So we teach some alternative strategies that you can plug into uh, the investing that you're already doing. I'll give you the 30,000 foot view of my story. I've always loved business, uh, finance, and 
went to study entrepreneurship uh, when I was in college, went to one of the um, only schools that was offering that as a major. And I learned about these strategies that we'll probably talk about here at college. I learned some people who were using them. And uh, my family had been in the finance world for a while, but I had never heard of these type of strategies uh, specifically. So when I uh, got out of college and started working, I started implementing them in my life and uh, really enjoyed what it was doing for me, uh, kind of what changed the way I was thinking. Uh, so I've been working with Money Insights, again, with um, high income earners and alternative investors and just teaching them how to optimize what they're already doing. Awesome. And you know, before we really dig into, frankly, what you and I have been talking about privately for the last hour, for the listeners out there who, who don't really know about the strategy or you know, could use maybe more um, information to understand what we're going to dig into, could you give us that again more about that? We'll, we'll come down from 30,000 feet to you know, a 10,000 foot view of the strategy. Yeah, that's great. So the primary strategy that we focus on is what we call the investment optimizer. You may have heard it by other names. We try to focus on using the strategy as a way to enhance the investing that you're already doing. It's pretty a simple message. So what typically happens, let's say uh, if you're uh, a syndication investor, you build up capital in a bank account till you have enough money to invest. You liquidate that and invest into a syndication whenever you feel like you have a good deal. As that syndication kicks off cash flow, it just goes right back into building up uh, your bank account, right? And that's just kind of how the cycle happens. So the investment optimizer is simply a better way to store and utilize your capital. Uh, and so what we use is a very special type of life insurance policy as an alternative opportunity fund. So the purpose of this is just to enhance what your money's doing in between deals. So obviously there's some inefficiencies with savings accounts, not earning anything, which you're earning is taxable, right? So with the investment optimizer or these very specially designed life insurance policies, you can uh, expect you know maybe up to a 5% uh, return on the policy over a long period of time. There's uh, tax benefits. So there's tax-free growth and use of the policy. There's creditor protection. There does happen to come along a death benefit, which is of more value to some than others. But then really the secret sauce is the way that you can leverage the policy in order to be able to literally have your dollars working for you in two places at the exact same time. And I know we talked about this before the show, but we can get into exactly how that works here. All right, great. And you know, for, for the listeners out there, really um, one of the main themes of, of our conversation we were having before we were, we were recording was around not my concerns with the strategy itself. I think, I think overall, uh, the strategy of using whole life insurance when, when people understand it is, seems sound. And I've met a number of people who use it for themselves that, that aren't in the business of, of marketing the policies that, that have positive things to say about it. So I want to be clear about that. I, I think people are using this constructively. My concerns are more around the ways that not Blake's company, right? Not, not you, but the ways that others market these policies, they tend to make pretty lofty promises. And, and the term that you're not using here, which I certainly appreciate, you might've heard this uh, called infinite banking in the past and in nothing's infinite, right? And, and that I think makes too many promises. And you know, th this is what I wanted to to dig into today is concerns about you know how kind of other people in this industry make big time promises that I think set people up wrong and 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 I've noticed that you know you guys Blake 
you're not doing that, which I, I really appreciate. And I don't know, let's let's talk about that a little bit and how this can be done more responsibly and reasonably and not, you know, saying we're going to turn our clients into the the Rockefellers, you know? Yeah, that's great. So let's, I'll jump into the term infinite banking, what we believe makes this a little bit different. So when people talk about infinite banking, oftentimes they're starting with people saying, you know, this is a better way to accumulate wealth in the stock market, or they're taking people who are more typical in the way that they're investing. They talk about how you can use it to finance cars, college education, pay off debt. And to give them some credit, that's true, right? You you can do all these things. I don't think it's necessarily false with what they're saying at all. Where we take it from the standpoint is, you know, our clients tend to be higher income earners, tend to already be alternative investors. So who are, you know, investing for cash flow. So we're not saying, hey, change the entire way that you invest to go utilize life insurance policy. We actually take it from the opposite approach to say that, okay, if you're investing in syndications, in businesses, in real estate, in some way, it's any alternative investing that's going to kick off cash flow. The investment optimizer is hyper-focused at just adding a layer of profitability and really just enhancing what you're already going to be doing. So we don't take it from, hey, we have this entire better way of building wealth. Uh, and it doesn't really matter what uh, you know rich families have done for hundreds of years. We take it straight from the standpoint of, okay, if you're investing and you're typically using savings accounts, money markets, checking accounts to build up your capital, we kind of go right to the numbers and say, here's how the investment optimizer or the specially designed life insurance policy, when plugged into what you're already doing, is going to give you better results. So if you do want to check that out, we have webinars at moneyinsights.net in an education center. I think you're going to find the way that we explain it is a lot different than maybe other people in the industry are doing it so right now. Well, and again, that's really what I have appreciated about our, our time together. And for the listeners, like Blake and I don't have a, a relationship beyond the context of this interview and then our, our hour, you know, prior to this. I'm not a client. We're not working together, at least at, you know, this time in any way that could change in the future. But as we record, you know, that's, that's not the case. And, you know, I was, I was telling you before we hit record that. I'm kind of considering not talking about this topic on the show anymore because of concerns about how others use very flowery and generous language to market these policies as though they're, I don't know, they're, they're magic dust that's going to get turn you into a rich, powerful family if you're somebody that's making low six figures. And, and that's, that's just ridiculous, right? We should be looking for things to you know, help grow our wealth more in line with our, you know, goals and, and our strategy. But again, the, the flowery language is really a, a concern for me. And I think you guys seem to really understand that. Well, I think some of the things that I've heard in the past, you know, Taylor, maybe to your point, look at the a life insurance policy as like the hub of all your wealth building, right? So this is the place where you go to build wealth. It can be based on the rate of return and the tax benefits might be better than putting money in a 401k or something like that, right? Again, I know the message is very simple, but you're just plugging this into what you're already doing anyways. So for example, and I know we took a look at some of these numbers, but we have an example on our website. Okay, let's say you're putting in a $500,000 is the amount that you're going to want to invest. So you can save that money in a savings account before you invest in syndications or multifamily or whatever you're doing versus the investment optimizer. So the investment optimizer 
at the start, and this was one of your concerns, Taylor, I know, is that you don't have the full access to the capital right away, right? We might have 75, 80% day one. So, but we have clients who still put money into policies and leverage those, you know, 30 days later to go invest. Well, why are they doing that? Well, what we do is just run through the numbers and show that even though there's going to be a slower start in years one, two, maybe even three, after 20 years, what we show is if you, you know, using our, our basic assumptions, uh, you could have turned that 500,000 into 20 million using a savings account, right? Which is an incredible amount of wealth to build. So the real estate, the investing is where the wealth was built. However, if you just flowed that money through the investment optimizer and you had less money from the start, right? Which we took a look at, just using those same assumptions, nothing changed on the investing side, we would have ended up with 22 million and some change. So simply by adding this in as your opportunity fund, as the way money's flowing in and out of the investments, you added $2 million that you wouldn't have had had you used the savings account. And we take all the costs into account. So again, the purpose of this strategy is not to say that, oh, this is going to be better than investing in syndications, what, you know, what you're teaching your clients how to do. This is just a way to add an additional layer of profitability. As I mentioned, just add an additional rate of return onto what you're already doing. And it's just a numbers game. Are you going to come out ahead using this strategy or just using the bank account like you probably typically have been doing? Well, and again, I I think that really gets at the heart of a lot of my concerns about We'll say this this realm of of the whole life, you know, uh, strategy is that oftentimes the language that others use in this in this world would imply that for that case that you you named, okay, if you don't use a policy, you'll be at twenty million. If you do use a policy, you're going to be at three hundred million dollars. That's and they don't maybe may put those numbers to it. But the language yeah. that they use heavily implies that that's going to be the case. That's a big, big concern of mine. Sure. So going back to my example, you know, there's where was the wealth generated, Taylor? The real estate. The real estate, right? The syndication, the, what the business is, right? So the reason that I got excited about doing this strategy myself when I started, I was maybe 23 years old when I opened up my first policy, wasn't due to the fact that, oh, this life insurance policy was going to do all these great things for me. It was the fact that I believed in myself, my ability to create wealth in business and investing. And so I need a place to store capital before I went to go do all these things. Now, as I've learned more, gotten a little more sophisticated with the way I've I've done it, right? I realized I didn't do it necessarily the best in the past, but the mentality was never, oh, the life insurance is the key to my financial future. That's not the case. Life insurance was just the way for me to store capital that's liquid, it's safe, it's growing, right? You know, whatever, all the benefits that you can get from it. And now I have access to go invest in the things that I believe are are truly what's going to create wealth. And again, I know we had a conversation about this, but the way we think about it, the way we teach our clients is certainly different than maybe how how most people do it. But oftentimes that has to do also with uh, the type of people who are who are attracted to our business. Well, you know, maybe, you know, like I said, considering not discussing this topic on the show anymore, other than maybe having you back is because I, I I can't imagine after this conversation going back to talking to somebody who who uses the the more flowery language that maybe makes some of those promises that are just just ridiculous because I don't I, I just think it makes the wrong promises. Now now I'm curious, you mentioned you would have done things differently, you know, for your case, you were getting started in your early twenties, which you know, most of our listeners are not in their early twenties, but 
for your case, what would you have done differently? A lot of it had to do with the way that we can design policies now. And we, one of the things that we really focus on because a high majority of our clients are either entrepreneurs or business owners or alternative investors, flexibility is huge. So as we're designing policies, what we try to make it as much like is just a flexible bank account. So we think of it as essentially it's a bank account on steroids. So some of the language that people have that they might be concerned about is thinking like, oh man, how am I going to come up with the premiums every year to go put into this policy? And I don't want to get into necessarily all the details of how we do that. Again, we we have those conversations on a one-on-one basis, but essentially the way that we design policies now, it's flexibility and just suitability to the people who are utilizing the strategies is much more important. So we start with, okay, what dollars are you looking to allocate towards alternative investing in the next year, five years, 10 years? And we build the policies around that. And so that's why the policies can be, you know, as small as maybe $10,000 a year. And we have people putting in multiple seven figures a year, but really we're starting with the idea of How can we structure this policy to capture the dollars that you're going to use for investing? But it all starts with understanding the numbers. Again, that's why I would point you to our website just to check things out. But once you understand the numbers, how the strategies work, you know, we have clients with 15 policies. We even have one client, I think, with over 60 policies, right? Because once you understand how it works, you're going to start figuring out how how to layer them on top of each other. And it just becomes part of the way that you invest. So I guess that this gets into the weeds a little bit, but to me, like, I don't know enough to understand why somebody would have 60 policies as opposed to, you know, one gargantuan policy. And, and again, it's into the weeds is that person's specific situ- situation. But I mean, at a high level, why would you have that many policies as opposed to, you know, one big one? So you start with one and they might've for them at that point, when they started, might've been one gargantuan policy. But if you start like myself, I have you know, more, more resources. Now you could say at 31 than I did at 21. So as your wealth expands, you can just start new policies as your investing income grows. If you have maxed out how much money you can put into a policy, you're a believer in the strategy. Well, what do you do? You just open up another policy in order to capture more of the dollars that's going to go into investing. Then there's also the point where at some point, you know, we have clients who have maxed out their insurability. They can't do more on themselves. So they do on spouses, on children, on business partners, right? So there's there's a laundry list of ways of, of why you would want multiple policies, but we don't start saying, okay, let's let's set up five or 10 life insurance policies that are smaller. <laughs> no, we start with one policy, what makes sense, right? And then how do we optimize the way that you're going to use this for the investing that you're doing? Mm, okay. And another thing that I appreciate about the way you talk about this is the direction that you you come at it is the value that you're planning to invest in alternative investments over the next few years, as opposed to, hey, let's totally revamp the way this person builds their wealth yeah, and then certainly. you know make it make it work for these alternative investments and they should put it in that. So, you know, if somebody I, and we were talking about this before we recorded, is let's say we're gonna be investing in syndications for the next few years. We're not really sure, you know, how long. Um, I kind of at what point does it it start making sense for someone? I'm, I'm only going to invest in syndications for, and this this is not me saying this, this is a hypothetical. Yeah. I'm only going to invest in syndications for the next two years, versus yeah. I'm going to be investing in this in, in syndications for you know the rest of my days. You know, as that yeah. I envision, where's that kind of dividing line where it starts to make sense? 
Yeah. And so we run people through the numbers and take a look at those kind of things. But I'll try to give you just a general example. I think if you're if you're thinking, I'm only going to be investing for the next two to three years, you're not going to see the value. So probably somewhere if you're if you're going to invest for four or five years plus is where again, just take a look at the math. You're going to have more wealth by flowing your money through these policies and then leveraging them to invest in the things that you are already going to do anyways. But you know, to answer your your point specifically, I would say if you have at least a five-year time horizon, you know, for us, we're a little bit on the younger end for investors, right? We have a much longer time horizon. It makes total sense. But as long as you're thinking, you know, this is something I'm going to probably be doing for four or five years, mathematically it kind of comes out ahead using this strategy. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. One of the things, and again, we discussed this in the hour that we talked prior to recording, one of the things that started to shift my mind in a, in a favorable direction about this strategy more generally is the number of people who I've met that are just clients. They're not, you know, I'm having yeah. one-on-one conversations with them and they say, oh, I added this to my strategy and it's, it's really yeah. helping. And how are you guys, you know, at your company incorporating that in your business? Because, you know, client testimonials are, are huge, you know, in yeah. any business. That's, Best question you've asked. And (laughs) and this is something that we thought a lot about. So we have a podcast, the Money Insights Podcast, where we invite clients on as much as we can to share share their full stories about, you know, maybe their thought process before, what they're doing now, how to how they have actually implemented. So if you want to go back, you can go check out that podcast, learn some things. We've uh, really amped up our client testimonials. So you can again go onto our website. We have an entire testimonials page, uh, probably 15, 20 individuals talking about um, how they're utilizing the policies now. But the reason I think that's such a good question, Taylor, is because, you know, we work in a, in a space where we're working with people on these strategies every day. So we talk to people who it makes total sense to them. They, they know a lot of people who have, who have been using it, right. And they just get educated and kind of plug it into their investing. Well, there's a big portion of the country who are investors who don't know a lot of people who are doing it. So you, you want to have a lot of confidence that what you're doing, you're not just being sold on something, but what you're doing is really going to have a big impact. And so, you know, we try to share as many client stories as we can just to give people some more familiarity with what's going on. Again, we're talking with people, multiple people every single day who are plugging into this. However, you wouldn't know that from the outside if you're not dealing in in arenas where where people are talking about it. I'm glad that you've had some people who have at least who aren't in the business uh, who have talked about how they're utilizing this with their investing, because I think once you take some time and actually kind of understand just the nuts and bolts, have a conversation, get your questions answered like we've been able to do during this recording and before, right? Once you kind of peel back the the layers of the onion, it, it's really not that complex. And if we can add more profitability onto what we're already going to be doing anyways, Right. Why is it not take worth taking a look at that? Absolutely. And, you know, I, again, I appreciate the way you're, you're, you're talking about this and, and getting back to my comments about, you know, others using very flowery language here. Now, before we, you know, move on to the, the final part of the show, are there any aspects about this topic that you'd like to address that I haven't asked about or any, any points from our hour long conversation prior yeah. to this that you'd like to touch on uh, before we move along? I think a lot of our conversation, what you've kind of talked about is just listening to people, maybe hearing things and just kind of making assumptions off that. I don't know if I have a specific answer to your question, other than the fact that I would seek out and we've tried to provide opportunities to do this, seek out people who are utilizing it themselves. We have 
some people who are who are more than happy to share with what they're actually doing. And I know I'm kind of repeating what I said in the last one. I, I'm not sure this is specific to your question, but just finding people who are already doing this and hearing their stories, I think is is the most impactful thing that you can do to kind of wrap your head around the strategy that may seem, you know, kind of pie in the sky. At the end of the day, it's it's really, it's really not. It's really pretty simple, actually. Well, I, I appreciate that. And I think that's a, a, a good comment. And that's, again, for me personally, as I consider this as a potential part of my strategy in the future, talking with people who are already using it, who you know are in private conversations, well, just tell me about what they're doing. That, that helps build that mental model and a better understanding of, of how it can be used. And again, I also appreciate the way you're talking about it as uh, adding fuel to something you're already doing rather than kind of using it to take loans out against to buy cars and stuff, because that doesn't make the liability of a car go away. I just, that yeah, just doesn't make any sense question. to me. Yeah. And again, you can do those things. I, I, I got to give credit to people saying you can do those things. Now, are you going to become financially ahead doing that? I don't know. I haven't really, that's not really where we work. Again, we're looking for people who are pretty sophisticated investors. Maybe you're a high income earner, right? There's just natural inefficiencies that happen in the way that you're investing. And what we use is the investment optimizer, these policies, I think you use jet fuel, right? You're just adding jet fuel onto what you're already doing. So if we're already going to be doing it anyways, why not pour an additional you know, layer of profitability and additional rate of return onto what you're, what you're already getting. Nice. Nice. Well, once again, I appreciate the way uh, you talk about this and I appreciated our, the an hour long conversation before we were, we recorded and uh, I don't know. I had we, fun. I, I sure did too. Uh, you know, and I don't know, we'll, we'll see if we uh, talk about this topic uh, on the show again in the future with, with other folks, maybe not. I'm still making up my mind about that, but uh, anyway, right now we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. The first step to growing your wealth is tracking your wealth, income, spending, and everything else about your finances. You can start tracking your wealth for free and get six free months of wealth advisory with personal capital by going to escapingwallstreet.com and using our link. Create your free account today and automate the way you track your money. Personal capital is my preferred way to track my finances, and now we're making that available for listeners. Terms and conditions apply. See the personal capital website for details. Once again, to get the offer, go to escapingwallstreet.com and use our link. Back to the show. All right, Blake, I've got three questions. I ask every guest on the show, are you ready? Let's go. Great. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? So thinking about the way that I started and, you know, I'm not, I'm probably eight, 10 years into this business, but we started by just doing things locally. And it sounds crazy now with podcasts, with technology, but my answer to that question is going to be technology. The people that we've been able to serve, the people I've been able to meet versus the cost that I had to pay just to get, you know, some basic technology set up. You say nothing's infinite. I can't calculate the rate of return <laughs> on a couple, of, you know, a thousand bucks worth of equipment or whatever we have to be able to meet with people in all 50 states. Absolutely. Absolutely. Technology's really changed a lot of businesses and uh, glad to hear it's changing yours. We had the best investment. Now we go to the other side of that coin, the worst investment. What is the worst investment you've ever made? So again, I'm going back to the start of my career. I was just kind of doing my thing, making a little bit of money. I needed money for something. I can't even remember what it was. And I realized I was 
unknowingly putting money into a 401k. So I had every part of every paycheck was getting siphoned into this account. I probably spent a couple of years working before I even knew any dollars were going in. When I figured out that my money was kind of locked up, I decided to just rip the money out. So I don't even think I got a match or anything. Paid a higher tax when I ripped it out, plus a penalty. And that was that was an L. Took an L. Mm, yeah. So in, in hindsight, would you have not put the money in in the first place or would you have left it in once you found it there? I wouldn't have put the money in in the first place. What I did with the money was great. I you know, was able to invest in some things that created more wealth. And I'm not saying 401ks are bad, but again, going back to you know my belief that alternative investing in businesses are a better way to create wealth. For my situation, specifically having access to capital uh, was more important than not having access to it, but having the account value be higher. Nice. Okay. Okay. So my favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? The most important lesson I have learned is to surround yourself with the people who you aspire to be like. And this could be, yeah, investing, business, family. You could take this on any different topic. A big thing for me was getting involved with individuals who understood how to grow businesses, run businesses more efficiently than than I could do on my own, teaming up with people who were 10 years older, 10 more years more experienced, asking questions about people from people, I should say, who were 40 years into the business. What did they do well? What did they not do well? So getting as much input from people who are a step or two ahead of you that you aspire to be like, there's nothing more valuable to that, in my opinion. Nice. Well, Blake, Thank you for joining us today. And you know, I appreciate our conversation here that's been recorded and the part uh, prior that was much longer that was not recorded. Uh, if folks want to reach out, if they want to get in touch, if they want to learn more about you, know, you or your business or anything like that, where can they track you down? Yep. Great question. Moneyinsights.net would be a great place to start. Uh, the Money Insights podcast, we put out shows weekly, uh, really tailored towards high income individuals and practical strategies that you can implement to grow your wealth. On our website, there's what we call the F3 assessment, where you can kind of go in and check some boxes about your specific situation. You get a score. And then after you get that score, you can contact us. But there's also some practical ways that uh, you can increase your wealth based upon the things that you learned about through that assessment. So anything Money Insights, podcast, website, uh, and then I would go to our education center if you want to know more about some of the strategies that we've been talking about here. Awesome. Well, thank you once again for joining us today. I really uh, appreciate you uh, letting me have a a bit of a gripe session about this topic before we recorded and then helping me air out some of those uh, grievances and address those. And I appreciate that. I think you're you know, from the context of this conversation, everything you've shared, I think you're, you know, positive uh, force in this space. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Blake left us one. So thanks. Thanks, Blanca. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. Don't forget to subscribe and check out the show. Join us here every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. I hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.